Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we talk to long-serving Warriors player Lance Hohire before what could be his last game for the club. We talk to Commonwealth Games gold medalist Moss Burmester about the fallout of the disparaging Spark report into the state of New Zealand swimming. We speak to triathlete Bevan Doherty ahead of the World Series in Beijing. And we chew the fat with New Zealand driver Hayden Padden as he seeks to win the production car category in the World Rally Championship. If previous Warriors-Broncos matches are any guide, their match in Brisbane could be the pick of the first week in the National Rugby League's Premiership Finals Series. The Warriors came desperately close to winning there five weeks ago before going down 21-20 to a last-minute field goal. The Broncos finished the regular season third, three ahead of the Warriors, who could repeat last year's early exit if the seventh and eighth-placed teams, North Queensland and Newcastle, upset Manly or Melbourne. The Warriors could still lose and remain in the playoffs if Manly and Melbourne both win, however, but they're thinking only of winning to get a home semi-final and avoid another trip to Australia. The match could be Lance Hoare's last for the Warriors, the club he started with in 2002, with the Huntley Hurricane moving to England to play for St Helens in the Super League. He told Murray Williams the Warriors have a good chance of upsetting the Broncos. We're playing um, some pretty consistent football and Generally, we seem to have some good battles against the Broncos, so I know it's going to be a, a tough match. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to playing at Suncorp. I enjoy playing there. To, I've had some good memories at that stadium. So, probably besides Mount Smart, it's uh, the favorite, my favorite stadium to play at. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I definitely think you know, with a couple of their key guys out, we're, we're a big chance to um, get up there and spoil their party. So, how big a loss to them is Sam Thaday? Oh, I guess you left ask Sam. I mean, he's he's pretty. Um, pretty potent in their attack you know he does a lot of work for them on the edges there and creates a lot of havoc but in saying that they're bringing in um, Ben Teo I think to the starting lineup, and he's, he's quite a handful as well so uh, different sort of player to Thaide but they've got the depth there to, to bring these young guys through and then Gerard Beal he's uh, you know he was he was in the uh, the Kiwi squad at the start of the year so he's, he's definitely uh, a good player and he's got into talent so they'll come in and do a great job and we'll just have to concentrate on making sure we play our best well, how important is it to have Manu, Big Manu, back in the mix? Because he's been missing for a couple of weeks and you've, you've managed to get by without him. But in a game like this, I guess it must be a, a bit of a relief to have him back there. Yeah, Manu's you know, definitely one of our uh, key strike weapons. And he's had a bit of a bad run of injuries this year. But, um, you know, that's just the nature of the comp. And, you know, he brings brings confidence to the team. You know, he does a lot of, a lot of hard work for us in the back there. And... He's basically like an extra forward, and you know if you can get him the ball in the attacking zone one on one or even two on one, he's he's a chance to score. So he's very valuable to the team, and we're looking forward to uh, giving him some good early ball and see what he can do. Now, Ivan was saying on Saturday that, that he thought you guys were were peaking at the right time. How do you see it? The way the season's unfolded for you, because you had that bit of a flat patch there, but you've come right pretty well. Yeah, I think you know we started the year sort of off the pace for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, I think everyone's being able to turn it around. We seem to, uh, historically, we seem to be able to do that, start the year pretty slow and then 
finish really strongly. I don't know what it is, but um, you know, yeah, we, we always seem to second half of the year we we kick into gear and um, you know really grow in confidence. And I think you know individually and as a team, everyone's done their bit over the last sort of two months. And yeah, I think you know we're in the finals now, so it's a whole new ball game and everything we do just needs to be that little bit sharper and um, you know that's what we're all practicing this week. You've been here right through your career which is about to wind up. What, what have the highlights been? What are, what are you going to look back on and say of your time at Mount Smart? What, anything that jumps out at you? Oh there's plenty of highlights mate. I mean um, you know my debut was a, definitely a, a, a memorable day playing 100 games, 150 games, all the final series we've played in you know and just being able to be at the club for 10 years is um, yeah, I consider myself very thankful, and all the you know all the friendships I've made over the years, all the experiences I've had, and um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm leaving the club a, a satisfied, happy man, and um, hopefully in, in a month's time we can be lifting that trophy as well, and that'd be um, the ideal send off. And looking into the future, your own's off, offshore, but the, the club has developed young talent pretty well. Just looking at Sean there and Kevin Locke and so forth. I mean, how well do you think that Ivan's built? And as the other coaches have built around that, and, and what sort of a season do you think? Well, how do you think Bluey will go next year? Yeah, I think you know the club's heading in the right direction. I think you know Ivan's played a big part in the development of a lot of the young guys here, and even the Toyota Cup's been um, pretty good for our club. We never really had a reserve grade side or you know under 20s before, so I think you know with these young guys coming through and getting a taste of sort of what it takes to be in the NRL, travelling, training nutrition and all that sort of stuff I think it's really really helped our club and we're yeah, looking good for the future with all these young guys coming through. You kind of helped out Auckland City I guess by not playing at home here this Friday with the Rugby World Cup opening but if you did do it I mean how would that sit with you in terms of, of, of career achievements? Each final series you play in you, you really cherish and I guess now more so than ever these games you know they mean everything because uh, you know if you lose you're potentially uh, out so for me that's um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'm going to try and use as motivation to get out and play well on the weekend. And you know, if we get opportunity to play back here at Mount Smart in two weeks, then, uh, I know we'll sell it out, and uh, the crowd will, you know, be a big factor in helping us get that win. Yeah. Now, under the McIntyre system, I'm a little bit confused about that, but it seems to be that it, it's it's pretty much a must-win. But you still have a, 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 an, another results scenario if if you do lose and, and other teams do lose. Is that how it goes? Are you, you still uh, a possible lowest, chance? The two lowest. Losers in the weekend will be finished, so we need if we need to win basically. But uh, if we do lose, uh, we need the seventh and eighth place teams to lose as well, so that we can progress. But it just means we'll have to play away against uh, one of the winning sides, fourth and fifth. So yeah, I mean our, our focus is, is on winning, and, and uh, you know, big focus on that is, is coming back home and getting a home final, another semi home final in, in front of our crowd. So. Not too many thoughts on losing at the moment. Lance Hall Hire. The swimmer who triggered the highly critical independent review of Swimming New Zealand's current top-tier programme has drawn up a possible blueprint for a new high-performance swimming programme. Moss Burmester retired after last year's Delhi Commonwealth Games, saying there was a lot of distrust in the high-performance programme and that swimmers were too scared to voice their concerns for fear of losing their place in the national squad. That led to the Spark-commissioned Enison report, which labelled the sport's high-performance programme as dysfunctional and recommended a new structure be implemented.
In the wake of that report, Swimming New Zealand Chair Murray Coulter and High Performance Manager Jan Cameron have resigned. Burmester, who is now part of the newly formed Swimmers Association, which represents elite swimmers, talked to Stephen Hewson about how he's devised a structure and given it to Swimming New Zealand and Spark. There's a lot of things that happened. Um, I mean, I sort of hinted at it when I, when I said I was uh, pretty much left it. I didn't go into details about them, but the details, there were some pretty shocking things that went on and, and happened after I left too to others. So, um, yeah, there needs to be changes. You're talking about the relationship of Jan Cameron with swimmers. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess if you want to put it down to that, yep. The Ineson report said there was a dysfunctional, I suppose, environment. I mean, how, how did that manifest itself? Yeah, I, I guess it was just, um, I guess the swimmers, a lot of them weren't being held and um, heard, sorry, and weren't being taken on an individual basis what was needed best for them. Um, if you look at a lot of the models overseas, um, the Americans, the Australians, the swimmer there, if they re- if they want to shift and go and train somewhere overseas, or they need a different coach or something like that, then it's done on you know that's accepted. That's what they needed. Um, whereas here in New Zealand, it was kind of not like that at all, and people were getting funding cut and um, those sort of ideas even just just squashed in general if they wanted to do something like that. So the approach from Jan Cameron was basically my way or the highway. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about personal? Personally, I mean, how how did she treat? swimmers with, with respect or, or not oh no of course yep jam was always very professional always very passionate for the sport always um one of the best for the swimmers that was never in question she's now announced her her resignation you've presumably gone over some of the the, the recommendations of, of that report it, it talks about a campaign manager being implemented for appointed for, for london do you think those are the the steps that need to be done or is there more that needs to be done um, well, yeah, I think there's more that needs to be done. We've sat down and looked at it very closely, we being the New Zealand Swimmers Association. Um, we've got, obviously, some very experienced um, swimmers on that board, and we've looked at a lot of models for other sports as well and what works for them and what has and hasn't worked for them. And um, so we've come up with what we think is a really good model, not just for London, based through to London, but that would work for the whole future. So, um, And we've put that application forward to Swimming New Zealand and, and hopefully Spark get to read it as well. And... Um, we think it would be, it would be a, a really good model to be able to work on. It's about getting the right person in there. Um, so having a few less roles, but getting a, a, someone who's really highly skilled in there that understands the high-performance environment, not necessarily swimming, but understands the high-performance environment, and they can um, really get in there and really look at each of the swimmers and coaches on an individual basis and what they, what they might need. In the past couple of days, we've had Murray Coulter obviously stand down. Jan Cameron's resigned. Do there need to be more resignations or, or departures? I mean, there's that letter that have, from the regions that have called for the whole board to resign. What's your feeling on the matter? I think you have to be careful. I think if too many people go, you know, there's too much destabilisation. Um, and so I don't I don't totally agree that the whole board should be going or anything like that. Um, possibly there's, you know, the, you'd look at the people there that haven't really fulfilled their roles. There might be another couple that may want to go. or um, But I don't think the whole lot should go, no. Do you think Murray Coulter and Jan Cameron going that that's sends the right message and is, uh, are the right people to have gone? Yeah, I think they, well there needed to be changes, um, and I think they, they were yeah. There's a couple of the the major ones yeah. Can you see or do you feel things are moving fast enough in the wake of this report by Chris Ineson? Yeah, I think there are signs there. Um, Speed wise, I wanted this to happen earlier. Well, I mean, when I first started. 
uh, making a bit of noise about it. That was, you know, in the last year. Um, and so it's taken that long now to happen, and we wanted it to happen a lot quicker. But I guess, you know, there is a due process that it has to go through. And um, even though it's been slow, I guess we've been told constantly that it had to happen that way. So um, we, we kind of were hoping it would, would have moved quicker because obviously as it gets closer and closer to London, we were, we don't want that. You know, the less services there are for the swimmers, the better. I imagine some of the concern would be, as far as you're concerned, that it, it took your comments, I suppose, to, to kick this all off, someone with your profile, and and to walk away from competing for this review, in effect, to, to get underway. Yeah, it was it's a bit sad, really. I mean, that's kind of why we ended up form, forming the New Zealand Swimmers Association, and so I guess it wasn't just me. There was a, a number of us that sort of felt very similar to like I was, and... Um, you know, I made a bit of a fuss about it, and then I guess really a few of us decided to really change things. And um, you know, Helen Norfolk's been doing a great job heading up this New Zealand Swimmers Association. She's really taken charge of that, and I've got to say she's done a great job. So I'm very proud of what she's doing. So what happened when you raised concerns? They just basically got shut down, um, just and not heard at all. So and they would just stop there. So the door was just closed every time. Are you hopeful that the Swimmers Association will, I suppose, give swimmers a better voice? That's presumably the, the emphasis behind it, and that if there are concerns, that they can be brought to the fore. Exactly. That's that's why we formed it. And, um, and it, yeah, it's just, you know, like so the swimmers can have someone to go to, to talk to, and then we can pass it on. Because when you are training and you are really focused on what you're doing, you don't want all those distractions, you know. The less you can have to deal with politics, the better. So... We're sort of there. Hopefully, they come to us and they tell us what's going on, and you know we have our fingers on the pulse, and then we can relay it on. And also, hopefully, this doesn't happen again in the future. You know, it doesn't even get to this point where we can sort of step in and intervene before and say, "Look, this is what the swimmers are starting to feel. You know, we should make changes now, so it doesn't have to get to a point that it has now." Moss Burmester, this is Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. New Zealand's top rally driver Hayden Padden is on the verge of becoming the first Southern Hemisphere driver to win a World Rally title. Padden leads the production World Rally Championship and, if he wins the Rally of Australia, which he's currently competing in at Coffs Harbour in New South Wales, he'll seal the title with two rounds to spare. Padden has won each of the three rounds he's contested in Portugal, Argentina and Finland and spoke to Stephen Hewson about his future plans. Our plan this weekend is to go as fast as we can. Uh, we, we do have a little bit of a buffer in the championship, so um, it means we can uh, concentrate on, on finding some more speed, which you know we need to do. We need to go faster um, and, and show raw speed to, to show that you know we, we can be in this level and, and, and go higher. Is there a temptation, though, to maybe take things a wee bit easier? Yeah, oh, well, that, that's something we can obviously um, sort of analyse as the rally goes on. Um, if, if it comes to the last day and it, and it is a matter of just getting to the end, then, then yes, certainly we... We would certainly protect that. Um, to start the rally off, I think that the plan is to start with is to go flat out. Um, there, are, there are still some fast competitors here, particularly the locals. So, you know, we, we can't we can't take it too easy. Um, we are still going to have to fight. So, you know, day one and day two is generally going flat out, and then day three is a matter of um, you know conserving your position and, and looking after it. How different are conditions in Australia to, to other rallies? Compared to New Zealand, you generally lack the camber and the road, so you've got to get the car and the suspension um, finding a lot more grip here. Um, and the road surface is, is generally not as much gravel on the road here. Um, it's very swept and a very hard base, so, you know, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable. Um, the roads in Australia are much more similar to New Zealand than anywhere else in the world, so it should suit us quite well.
if you win this, I mean, how does this help your your career? I mean, are you getting any interest from other other teams to to go up to the the, the top tier? Oh, look, I believe there is some interest, and, and there is people watching us. Um, you know, the, the position we're in now, and it's it's quite specialised to rally, and it is a very big sport on on ha- on having experience. And yeah, the only way you get that experience is actually by going out and doing an event. So, you know, um, we are still relatively new. This is only our second year in the World Championship. Um, we do need to go back again next year um, with our own team again, like what we've done this year, and um, preferably in a different sort of car, prove that we're fast in a different car while getting more experience. And then, you know, we'd like to think for, for 2013 there, there possibly be some options around. Why do you need to do it in a different car? Uh, well, we've been in Group N for five years now. Um, we need to show that we are also fast in a different type of car. Um, you know, if you stay in one, one car or one area too, too often you can be known as being a specialist for driving that type of car. Um, we have driven other cars outside competition and, and we know we can drive them fast, but we have to go into competition and, and do that. And, and also a lot of the young guys that we're competing against for potential um, opportunities in the future, uh, they're in the next class up as well. So we need to be up with them and showing that we're faster than them as well. So what what class would you be looking to go into for, for 20, or 2012? Yeah, it's, it's dependable on budget. Like that's, that's the biggest barrier. Um, we are targeting for something like Super 2000, which is the next class up, uh, which is, is basically a world rally car but without a turbo. Um, so the chassis uh, and the car is very similar, uh, and it'll be a good stepping stone. Um, so that's what we're looking at. But the you know the problem is to say is budget. You know to go from where we are now to that is, is twice the amount of money. So and it's already a huge huge amount of money to do what we're doing this year. What, what does it cost to, to run a team over a year? Oh, and rough and rough figures like this year's in Sydney of four hundred thousand euros. Um, so, you know, it does add up. We a lot of this is all run out of Europe. Um, with this rally here in Australia, we're actually running this with our own New Zealand team uh, for budget reasons. So, we've got the CR Properties Placemaker Subaru here with our own New Zealand team. Uh, whereas when we're over Europe, we're actually run by a Belgian team. Um, so, you know, it is difficult, but we, we're certainly working pretty hard. Like we're already working towards next year uh, with budgets and finding partners to. Alongside us, and to get into that world rally class, into the t- the top tier, you talk about obviously changing changing classes. Is is that generally where those teams look to pick any new driver up from? Is it that that Super Two Thousand class? Yeah, that's where a lot of the drivers are coming from, um, or drivers who have gone straight to world rally championship. Uh, and saying that, they have taken some drivers from the PWRC in the past as well. Uh, probably the most recent is Yerry Matty Letfler, who's in the Ford World Rally team. So, uh, you know, as I say, there's certainly people watching what we're doing. Um, you know, there's still more to come from our side of things. I know we can go faster, um, and you know, we're just going to keep working on that step by step and keep progressing and, and have an eye on the future as well. Like, things don't happen overnight, so we're just going to keep working hard and, and uh, keep looking for those opportunities. How much of an indication do you get as to, to whether teams are sniffing around and, and having a, a serious look at you? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm yet to find that out, I guess. Um, like, we, we do have some directors uh, and some team personnel at the events who are talking to these people. Um, they, they do know who we are. Like I've, I sat down myself and had meetings with like, some Malcolm Wilson and, and David Richards, who are two team managers last year, so they know who we are. Um, and you know, I like to think when, when there are opportunities, they can give us a phone call, I guess. But you know, I guess a big part of that as well is maybe relocating to Europe. Uh, which we're looking at doing next year. So, 
you know, if there is an opportunity to do a test or something and they want you there the next day, you, you're there, you're in Europe, you can get to that test, whereas when you're on the other side of the world, it's, it's obviously a bit more difficult. Are there any tests in the pipeline for you? Uh, well, we are sort of looking at the moment. We'd, we'd, look, we'd like to try and uh, test a few cars later this year, um, perhaps when we're over there for Rally GB in November. Um, so it's just a matter of, uh, as I say, looking for those opportunities, um, getting these cars, and, and if we do ever get the opportunities, is making a good impression. How difficult is it being a Southern Hemisphere driver? Because is there a natural inclination, will you go to the, for the Finns or, or because you're not European, that you don't get a, a look in to start with? Oh, yes and no. I think a lot of the teams are looking for the fastest drivers. Um, you know, that's what all these teams are out there to do, is, is to win rallies, and, and to do that, they need the fastest drivers. So, you know, I don't think any nationality is going to stop that. Um, probably the biggest barrier from us coming from New Zealand, is, as I say, is, is the budget, is the money. Um, having those contacts, uh, you could find those sponsors. It would perhaps be a bit easier, but as I'm finding out, it's sometimes about who you know and not what you know. And uh, So, you know, that's why we need to branch out a bit more into into Europe. Um, look for those partners, um, try and find that manufacturer alliance and, and move for, uh, forward from there. And I suppose that goes back to what you were, you were talking about before, about having to, to go hard right from the, from the outset. It's not simply just a case of winning, it's a, a case of how much you're winning by, isn't it, to, to show that what you're capable of? Oh, definitely. Like uh, a lot of team managers, will, they always see it that it's much easier to slow a fast driver down rather than speed a slow driver up. So that's why we need, as I say, need to find more speed. Um, a lot of the drivers who have gone to the World Championship may not have won many championships on the way, uh, but they're winning the winning championships now. So, um, you know, from a business point of view and from our from our own personal goals, yes, our goal was always to win the PWRC this year. Um, we now have enough of a buffer that we can actually go out and and find more speed now as well to to try and fulfil the other the other bucket, if you like, to, to show that we're very fast as well. You're still young enough. There's no sort of point where they start to go at sort of the early twenties. If you haven't made it by now, you're not going to make it, or or, or anything like uh, that. Well, uh, I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> um, the, the general sort of philosophy is, is thirty is a prime age for rallying. So uh, a bit different to circuit racing. So uh, I, I guess it means it gives us a few years yet. So um, you know, I think now that's why now is the right time to be pushing forward and and, and continue improving. Hayden Padden. Time is running out for the New Zealand men's triathletes to qualify for next year's London Olympics after the seven-strong contingent failed to finish in the top ten at the London Triathlon. This month's World Championship Grand Final in Beijing and the Sydney Triathlon early next year are now the only qualification events left for New Zealand's Olympic hopefuls. New Zealand number one Bevan Doherty knows qualifying in Beijing is paramount and he spoke to Andrew Dewhurst about the upcoming race and his Olympic aspirations. I'm in great shape, actually. I'm, I'm in, um, you know, although in saying that, I thought I was in great shape going into London, but um, I've managed to hold my form together for this weekend's race, and going into Beijing, uh, you know, I'm in really good shape. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to a good result. Um, and, yeah, once again, I've got no excuses. Does the, the fact that you, you, you and the other New Zealanders missed that first opportunity in London... Uh, does that put added pressure on you now in Beijing? Oh, it certainly um, has added pressure. Uh, to be honest, I would have liked to have gone into Beijing um, having already qualified in London and taken away that pressure. But um, sometimes a bit of pressure is a good thing and um, could bring the best out of me on a course that I have, I've done well in the past. So, um, 
It's one of those things. It's it's frustrating not to have uh, qualified, but um, yeah, I've still got a job and I'm still in great sh- uh, shape. So you know, I'm looking forward to a good race. You're pretty experienced, of course. So how have you managed that delicate process of maintaining a, a decent training workload and yet staying fresh and sharp for this weekend? Well, I actually had a week off. Um, I, I went um, RVing up in the Sierras for a week. Uh, just needed a break. And uh, when you're in really good shape, you you can uh, come back in into things quite quickly. So uh, had a week off, and then been training hard for the last three weeks. And um, yeah, like I say, I've got no excuses. I'm in good shape. Um, it is a bit frustrating that you know the Kiwi guys didn't perform well in London. Um, I can only sort of speak for myself. I was I was a little bit frustrated. I was. I was close to the pace, but not good enough. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in this sport to uh, win Olympic medals, not to just qualify. So uh, no, I'm expecting a really good result, and um, I'm, I'm going to be giving it my all. You mentioned Beijing as a course that you've done well on in the past. What do you like about it? Uh, it's a bit hillier than the London course, so it's probably going to take a little more sting out of the, the guy's legs on the bike and, and also in the run. So... Uh, I can play on my strengths as a as a strength athlete, um, uh, but in saying that, you know, going into London, I was running really well, and um, you know, it's just it's a million dollar question: why wasn't I performing well there? Um, but uh, maybe the fact that I didn't qualify there, um, I'm going to race a little more aggressively, and um, maybe that was the missing link. So we'll see. Um, you know, I've I've got nothing to lose going into this race, and I'm in very good shape. So, once again, I'm expecting a good result. The fact that it is a race within a race, you've got to make uh, top eight uh, and be the uh, the leading Kiwi uh, to book your spot in London. But it's also the final of the uh, uh, the World Champ Series. Uh, does that alter the way that you react uh, to to moves for, uh, from other athletes during the race? Uh, probably not for me personally. Um, I think it. it, it um, it is for, for other athletes, um, certainly the higher-ranked athletes or, or athletes going for the win in the uh, World Cup Series. Um, I know a lot of the guys will be keeping their eyes on the Brownlee brothers and, and maybe I'll be able to capitalise on something like that. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to race well on that course and um, we'll, we'll just see how the race pans out. But... Uh, yeah, another thing to um, sort of um, think about is that it's been such a long season and it's very hard for um, some of the high-ranked athletes to stay in, in good, great shape. So I seem to be coming into some good form right now and, and hopefully some of the others are struggling to hang on and, and hopefully I can capitalise on that. Finally, Bevan, any talk of team tactics? You've got some other Kiwis on the start line, a number of which, of course, will... Uh for themselves be chasing that top eight, but uh, is there any talk of team tactics uh, amongst the New Zealanders? Um, it, it doesn't seem to be at this stage. Um, I'm sort of isolated here living in California and, and don't really have too much contact uh, with any of the other Kiwi athletes. And at the end of the day, they, they've got a job to do, which is qualify for the Olympics as well. So I, I, I'm guessing they're going to be looking after their own uh, interests, but... Um, I mean, you, you really never know. Um, someone could um, find themselves in, in a role as a domestique, but at this point in time, I, I haven't really discussed that with any of the other guys. Um, 
and and I'm in good enough shape to look after myself. So uh, we'll see what happens. So that dream, uh, the fire still burns brightly uh, with regards uh, not only getting on the start line for London, but as you've said constantly, being in medal contention. Oh, certainly. Yeah. That, that's certainly what's driving me at the moment. It, it hasn't been the greatest year. Um, you know, I've only had a few few wins this year, and it is frustrating to, um, to struggle to make the, the top ten, even you know, when I really, I've been used to getting on the podium. So, uh, you know, the, the, the fire is um, certainly stoked as far as going for Olympic gold, and um, that's something that sort of drives me day in, day out when, when it comes to training. So uh, you know, there really hasn't been much slacking off the last few weeks and, and still plenty of pain going through my legs. Um, so, you know, the do- desire is there, um, and it is a little bit frustrating, but I, I still believe. Bevan Doherty. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.